You have to spend time with people and go deep with them and have conversations and arguments and debates and maybe sometimes be mad at them. You could have a thousand casual friendships that will not be able to bring you the same things that one deep relationship can. What is up, Ancestral Minions? Colin here for a solo podcast coming at you. I got a few things to talk about today. A couple quotes that we're going to unpack. I'm going to talk to you today about the media and how <laughs> just evil and dangerous they are, in case you didn't know. We're going to talk about how to dealing with haters and what haters are doing when they're hating. Understanding and maybe having some compassion for them. Because generally, it's hurt people that hurt people. So let's just dive right into it. As always, if you can subscribe and leave us a review or do any of those things, we very much appreciate that. It helps the algorithms. It helps us reach more people with big, important ideas that they can use to build better health and better lives for themselves. All right? So the first quote we have today is from my boy Naval Ravikant. You can actually get the new Naval Almanac. Naval Almanac, I think it's called. Uh, you get the free PDF at Naval Navalmanac.com. Just Google it. It's a free PDF. You can buy the book on Kindle and you can buy a physical copy even. Definitely support this project. It's amazing. I've been quoting it a ton on Instagram because it's awesome and almost everything he says is worth highlighting, worth talking about. And so this is a good one that I found that is very relevant to everything in 2020, but especially your health. And if you've been following my work at all, you know that I pretty much don't trust doctors, scientists, or anything that's mainstream at all. In fact, I have a heuristic where the bigger something is, the more widely accepted it is, and the more the experts, you know, I'm using air quotes here, experts tell you that this is the way it is or right, the more likely it is to be wrong. Every time I run any of these big ideas through this, any idea that is accepted by the mainstream, when I run it through that filter and I actually analyze it and I find the truth, the heuristic holds true. For whatever reason, as Mark Twain said, whenever I find myself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. So Naval says here, if you eat, invest, and think according to what the news advocates, you'll end up nutritionally, financially, and morally bankrupt. Naval Ravikant. Now think about it. People blindly trust their doctors. They blindly trust the nutrition research that the media picks up, that big pharma funds and perpetuates, and that the doctors basically have to recommend, even if they don't necessarily agree with it, because there's liability issues if they don't. So the entire status quo of sick care in this country and the nutritional recommendations that coincide with this sick care system, we now have 50% obesity rate. It's probably actually higher than that. Even more Americans are overweight. We're talking about the majority of people are sick and getting sicker every single year. Yet people still listen to what these experts, again, air quotes here, have to say about nutrition, health, and really anything. I mean, whether it's vaccines or anything else, people listen to what people say on TV and the experts say, or they go to the doctor or whatever, and they just say, oh, okay, cool. That's what we do. You know, experts said it, he said it. Like what? Like, are you serious? At this point with the internet and the, uh, the amount of information that we have out there and the amount of just holes that are poked in anything mainstream, You'd think more people would be taking the red pill per se and waking up and finding and seeking truth, but it's not the case. Because in a world with limitless information, you have a lot of noise and it still takes skill and effort to find the signal. 
And that's why I believe that the 1% is always gonna be the 1%. The 1% that make success for themselves, that take control of their life, they take ownership, they will figure out a way to be successful always, no matter what. Even in an environment where their how-to information is free, you can go on YouTube and learn any skill. You could go on YouTube and learn how to build a business and learn from people that have done it and all the mistakes they made. You could quite literally manufacture your success, especially your health. Yet, most people won't do this because they're too busy getting caught up in the noise. They're too busy just blindly trusting people and not investing energy into figuring out for themselves. And that's why Naval's so right here. If you eat, invest, and think according to what the news advocates, and you can change the word news with experts or mainstream or whatever, you'll end up nutritionally, financially, and morally bankrupt. All right, moving on to our next quote. We got from Leo Tolstoy. There is no greatness where there is no simplicity, goodness, and truth. I stumbled upon this quote when I was writing an article about work and getting things done and simplicity. It's a concept that in 2020, I've been really exploring, trying to simplify my life, trying to simplify the amount of products I have, and trying to get better, deeper results on fewer things, because that's really the key to life. That's the key to finding a flow state. That's the key to fulfillment and happiness, is going depth, going deep as you can. Whereas most people in our information-rich, you know, distraction-rich environment, we go wide, we get pulled in a thousand directions. And as a result, we never develop the skills or even know how to go deep on things, right? Think about it. If you were, let's say, a video editor and like you're a Hollywood video editor, so you can edit romantic comedies, you can edit epic movies, whatever, and you kind of have like a bag, a mixed bag of movies that you can edit. Now imagine you're a kung fu fight scene editor known in your industry for being awesome at editing kung fu fight scenes. Who do you think is gonna get the job and be able to demand higher pay for the director that wants the best kung fu fight scene for his movie? Is it gonna be the mixed bag guy that can kind of edit a little bit of everything, or is it gonna be the guy that's really, really good at editing kung fu movies? All right, that's just one example of the importance of specialization. When you specialize, when you go deep, you rise to the top and you can demand a premium. You can set your own hours and where you work. You can become an asset to your employer. And so you could basically work anywhere if you do have a job or you can work for yourself or you'd be a freelancer, whatever. Going deep is also connected to happiness. Generally, if you think about it, the things in your life that bring you the most fulfillment are your deep relationships, are those really hard projects that you invested a lot of time into, the passion projects, right? All the, the, the average things you do or the things that you go a few feet in, like you do a bunch of different things or whatever, you don't derive the same kind of satisfaction from any one of them. Instead, you have a bunch of shallow experiences and shallow fulfillment as a result. So this concept is so important. And the more I think about it, the more I see how prevalent it is and how integral it is, but also how hard it is to implement. It, it's really hard to implement. We have so much opportunity in front of us. We probably have so many interests. There's so many books to read and things to do and people to see and relationships to cultivate, opportunities in front of us. But the irony here is we end up getting little to no results on everything if we can't let go of some things and go deeper into fewer things. It's just one of those things. It's, it's tough. I think the first step is awareness of it. A first step is figuring out what things you should be saying no to, all right? get aggressive with saying no. If you're not hell yeah about something, then it should probably be no, right? I mean, imagine if you're dating, like if you're just dating and you're really trying to find a partner and like settle down, have kids or whatever, if you're not hell yes to somebody you're gonna go on a date with, the second date, third date, whatever, then it should just be no, why waste your time? Now, of course, there's other benefits and you just wanna have fun and maybe you're bored, I mean, I get it. But 
This law applies to every aspect of your life. Find ways to get more depth into your life, more uh, just deeper, serious, intense focus rather than shallow, fleeting, like this thing, then that thing, and then hopping around, monkey mind, monkey habits, monkey life. We have to stop bouncing around so much. And the technology, unfortunately, leads us to doing this. It's designed to do this, to feed us up constant drips of dopamine, the new thing, the new thing, the new thing. And we become addicted to it. And it warps our brain. It literally warps our brain so that we end up doing it in our lives. We go do something with one person and you know, halfway through lunch or hanging out or whatever, we're already thinking about what's the next thing or who's the next person. Can you see how absurd that is? Like how dangerous that is to your psyche? And especially considering when it comes to people, the best relationships you have are the deep relationships. You have to invest time. You have to spend time with people and go deep with them and have conversations and arguments and debates and maybe sometimes be mad at them. You could have a thousand casual friendships that will not be able to bring you the same things that one deep relationship can. So whatever what this concept is calling to you, whether it's your work you want to focus on, whether it's you want to spend more time with your kids and you know, maybe you're just falling too much into routine. Maybe it's your relationship and you don't have like a date night. You don't have time alone. You're just caught up in the rigmarole of life. Uh, maybe it's all these things. I'd highly recommend making some lists, making some notes, maybe jotting down some ideas, making a list of things that you should eliminate or stop or procrastinate on as much as possible and really make a focus to work on this. I mean, this is just one of those huge ideas that is something that is never ending. Like you constantly have to be iterating this and, and thinking about this and finding opportunities to optimize it. But when you do, it really can be a game changer. It's a huge, huge thing, all right? All right, shifting gears here to something I've been seeing. Now, this is kind current events. It's also evergreen, so bear with me. If you're not into politics, that's fine. You can still get some value here, all right? So I'm seeing a lot of nonsense, and obviously we saw this in 2020. The nonsense of 2020, which is only culminated with the nonsense of the 2020 presidential election, I want everyone to be aware, and if you haven't thought about it, consider it, of who the real enemy is here, all right? Now, by default, a two-party system is designed to divide. It divides our country, it does, it's obvious. It's going on left versus right, all right? If you're not on the left or the right, you, you don't stand a chance and nobody basically pays attention to you, right? The, the system is what it is at this point. And we don't have to get into why it is, and we don't even have to really get into solutions because that's beyond the scope of this point. The point here, though, is the enemy that I want everyone to really recognize, and I'm going to be talking about this a lot more. I identified this in a post I did yesterday on Instagram. I did a two-video post in my car. Got a lot of good positive feedback because I view it as true, and I think you should check that out. You can go over to at Colin Stucker. That's one L, C-O-L-I-N-S-T-U-C-K-E-R-T on Instagram. So the enemy of America is the mainstream media. And to a lesser extent, which is growing every day, is big tech. Now, maybe you've seen the censorship that's going on in big tech. Maybe you've seen the left-leaning bias and all the nonsense that's going on with the algorithms and Google and Facebook and Twitter and all these things. The mainstream media is at the forefront because they've been bought and paid for and they have agendas and this is the way it's been for a while. It's been getting progressively worse every single year when it comes to the media and with the internet and with mainstream media trying to compete for eyeballs, they become only more sensationalist, more, more vitriol, more divisiveness. And what's insane to me, and I didn't even want to mention Kansas at this point, but if you look at how the media has treated our current president, and you see how aggressive they go after him and how they're basically political activists. They're not reporting on the news. They're just trying to attack. That should disturb you. It should disturb you because it is an affront 
to freedom of speech, assembly, and thought, which is what America is founded on. You can hate the guy, but if you believe that just because you hate the guy, that the means doesn't matter, and if your goal is to like remove him from office, that you can do whatever you want to make that happen, then you are delusional and you are a threat to this country as well. The reason this country has worked, the reason the American experiment thus far has been the greatest experiment in the history of the earth and brought more prosperity to anybody, to more people, to, to more races and sexes and genders. The reason that's the case is because the bedrock of the constitution and these things like freedom of speech, right to bear arms and private property rights. The, that right there literally is a foundation of why America has been able to do what it's done. And it's not perfect, but I mean, ideally it is getting better. In some ways I feel like it's getting worse, but I think the foundation of the American, I keep calling it experiment because we don't know if it's gonna last, but the foundation of that is the constitution and these unalienable rights for anybody, regardless of skin color, race, creed, whatever. That is the key. And when you see the news become this basically propaganda machine, even if the propaganda supports what you want to happen, you should not be okay with the method. You bring fragility to the system. You bring, I mean, propaganda itself is evil for a lot of reasons. And this is what disturbs me. This is why a lot of 2020, I've been speaking out against the left, not because I support the right. I actually don't care about either sides. I think both are probably wrong, just in differing degrees. And so what I've taken to is defending reason. So whether you like the left, the right, somebody in the middle, whatever, it doesn't matter if reason is taking a back seat. And for me, that's the key. I cannot stand human stupidity. I cannot stand human bias. I cannot stand seeing people justify their bad behavior, erosion of rights, erosion of the things that America is built on. When you convince yourself that it's okay and that the means doesn't matter, as long as the end happens, you are a threat to America and to really any rational, objective, reasonable outcome for, for humanity, okay? So that's what drives me nuts about all this more than anything. It's the lack of reason. It's the bias. It's the political activism. It's the just unbiased nature of something like the news and which it's supposed to be, which is now made it so that the mainstream media is, I think, the greatest threat to America and probably the greatest threat to humanity. And big tech is slowly chomping at the heels of mainstream media to become equally as dangerous and evil. Now, I can't really get into solutions to this, especially for big tech, because that's a complex topic. And there's a lot of things that you can do and whatever. Uh, but mainstream media is simple. The solution to mainstream media is absolutely simple. Don't watch their videos. Don't watch them on TV. Ignore them. Don't follow their Twitter accounts. Downvote them if it does pop up or whatever. Block them or whatever. Do not give them the time of day. When you give your attention to mainstream media, you are paying them one way or the other, right? That's, that's how these news outlets make money. They monetize your attention. They sell it to advertisers. It's based on how many clicks, views, impressions they get. I mean, even downvoting can actually give it some impression. So I would recommend just pretending they don't exist. And if your feed tries to serve it up, maybe click the thing and said, not interested or don't recommend this channel or block them or whatever. If millions and millions of people stopped watching mainstream media, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the divisiveness in America could, I mean, I don't want to say it could go away, but we're talking, we could make it a much smaller thing. And right now, I mean, we're at like borderline civil war type of divisiveness and mainstream media is right at the helm of that with big tech followed closely behind. And what's insane to me is how many people have blamed the current president suggesting that he's the reason for this divisiveness and this divide. 
And I think to myself, are you out of your mind? If you think that, you're completely ignoring the elephant that's right in front of your face. The mainstream media is the reason. And even if they have good points to attack the president and to be un-American that way and, and to just make it a basically us first damn game and to divide us, they're still responsible for the divisiveness in this country. And they are responsible for a lot of the craziness that is cancel culture and SJWs and all this nonsense around nonsense and, and the suppression of freedom of speech and censoring and all this crap. It's unbelievable the amount of stuff that's going on in broad daylight that through a combination of the algorithms and what the mainstream narrative is and what they support and don't support and how objective they are or aren't, it's incredible. Like people should be so appalled at what's going on right in broad daylight. And instead, it's just become like it is what it is to most people and they just don't care or they watch their favorite news channel and they say the other one's bad and this one's good or whatever. And they just become, they become perpetuators of the problem. They become basically pawns. They become pawns of this destructive game that is going on in America. And it's very startling to see when you take a step back and you look at what's actually going on. So my advice to everybody is to not watch the news. Don't give an ounce of attention to mainstream media. That would be a start. And then big tech is another topic. I mean, be aware that censorship is going on. Uh, yeah, I can't really get into that right now. It's a long topic, but I highly, highly recommend being aware of how you use big tech, how you, how be aware of how it's using you, be aware of the algorithms and what it's showing you. And I would say to both these, whether it's the algorithms, whether it's mainstream media, if you're getting your worldviews from a screen that is controlled by a private organization, a company, even a public company, right? You are becoming fragile. If you don't at least balance that out with seeking out other independent sources of information. And what we see is what the 150 million Americans that voted, I would guesstimate that 149 million of those Americans that voted. And this is probably a, a, uh, a generous or a conservative estimate, I should say. I bet you the 149 Americans voted based on getting their entire worldview from what they saw or heard on, from a screen whether that be their phone or the TV, or I guess the radio too, to an extent. Can you think about that for a second? None of how people vote is based on them reading a bunch of books and going into history of them understanding the political system, of them actually looking at candidates and what they've done in the past. Like almost nobody does that. Some people do it, but very few. And that should show you the fragility of the American system in general, the politics in general, but it should also show you just how dangerous and threatening is mainstream media, and big tech. And that's all I will say on that. Let's get to one more thing and I'll let you go for the day. All right, so how to deal with haters and why they hate. So it's a very fascinating concept. We have this negativity bias built into our species. We don't like criticism. We can have a hundred positive comments on a photo and one troll could come out and say something. And that's pretty much all we can think about is the one troll. It's unfortunate that this is the case because there's a lot of people online, uh, especially you know young girls that become very sucked into the stuff and they can obsess over it and they can obsess over their appearance and whatever. And it can have real psychological, I don't want to say, I mean, trauma. Yeah. Trauma, uh, psychological issues that you have to work through when growing up with this your whole life, you can develop major insecurities. And I mean, it's bad. And they actually say that girls from the numbers have it worse than boys because generally when like a young girl, for example, gets a phone, she goes right to social media and then she gets stuck into that comparison game and the toxicity that is social media. Whereas boys tend to like find games and do things like that. And they're not as much 
susceptible to the draw of something like social media and they don't, you know, they're probably not commenting as much or whatever, but then there's issues with like half naked girls on social media and, and young boys getting into that and it changing their perception of what reality is and, and sex and all these different things. So there's definitely issues on both sides. I would say that young kids <laughs> until they're fully developed should not have a phone. That's probably not ever going to happen, but that's how I feel. So the thing about haters though is like, what people don't realize they're doing is you're, we're all self-censoring. Every time we post something, we're thinking about how it's going to be received. And that's understandable. Very few of us can just kind of go out there and post whatever and not really care what people think, especially if we perceive ourselves as having a brand or doing like trying to grow our account or whatever. Like the algorithm is going to reward things that get, you know, positive engagement and likes and whatever. And it's just not often that you find people that come out and just don't care what people think. It's a very hard thing. And you can develop it over years, but it's just not easy. And so that's the first thing I want you to recognize. You self-censor more than you probably imagine. That's something to be aware of. And then what you're actually posting, how you do it, right? And, and how you're trying to appeal to get those likes and the goodwill and whatever to kind of get that dopamine spike of feeling good about yourself because somebody said something. I want you to be aware of how much of a poison drip that is and how dangerous it is and how addicting it is because that can be a very, very hard addiction to break. So when it comes to haters, Again, you get 10 comments, somebody loves your stuff, and it's almost like we go on on any post that's even remotely controversial and we're like trying to find that negative comment. Like, where's that negative comment? Where is it at? We wanna get it and like we want to almost feel the pain that comes from it. I find myself doing this quite a bit. I find myself looking for those negative comments so I can like respond to them and, and whatever. And I realize that when I'm doing it, I don't want to find it, but then part of me does want to find it. It's a very strange thing. And it's part of the way that these algorithms and social media in general just manipulate your mind. So it's something that I've become aware of to the point where I'm trying to not even look at my notification feed on posts in Instagram, for example, which I think is the heart icon, like at the bottom, it's like the second to last, it's the third one over. And that, which, that shows you like comments and replies and things like that. I find that when I go to that part of the app, I get sucked in and I don't feel good afterwards. And I mean, literally think about that. The idea that I do something that I don't feel good about, but I feel compelled to do, drawn to do, is that not an addiction? That is an addiction. And so I'm figuring out ways to circumvent that. So one way I've done it is that if I leave a comment on an older post because I reply to something, I will make it a point where I won't go back to check any replies. Instead, I'll only look at the most recent photo and I'll go manually to that post and then I'll manually go to the reply section versus going to my notification area that shows replies on like, you know, every post that I have. That's one way in which I've reduced the likelihood to which something's gonna pop up that I'll respond to, all right? Now this is part of kind of digital minimalism and, and making sure that you're using these apps in a certain way, whether that is like not going in the newsfeed and, or maybe not looking at your notifications or I don't know, like there's different ways to do this. Uh, I feel like for Instagram, my ultimate goal is to never scroll in the newsfeed to post what I want to post, say what I want to say. And, you know, I mean, even kind of have a healthy relationship with my DMs and like what I respond to. And ideally I would say almost never responding to comments. And I like to respond to comments. I like to engage with people. Like I appreciate them when they leave a comment on my post or whatever. So this is that tricky thing because they're designed in a way so that it pulls you in. It's designed to pull you in. So if I want to like check some of those people that are replied to a discussion and it's, you know, it's an orderly engaging discussion. It's worth having. I want to see those replies, but I want to also make sure I'm not letting the trolls infect my brain and getting pulled into those troll fights, which are just completely and utterly a waste of time. So when it comes to haters posting online, these are just some things to kind of consider. I think the first strategy, not just related to haters, but how you can, how you respond 
to notifications and how you respond to the devices and the apps and how you're using them. That's very, very important. Build a conscious plan and try to stick to that plan. Try to mitigate the negative effects. Try to mitigate the fact that these this technology is literally designed to addict you. And if you haven't seen it, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, which, I mean, you know, there's some pros and cons to it, but I think it gives you, or it can give you a pretty good idea of some of the insanity that big tech is and what the business model is and how they monetize you. And it's just really kind of scary stuff. And I do kind of think that if we continue on this path and these algorithms take over more of our life, that it will be, it will eventually surpass the mainstream media as the greatest existential threat to America and to the human species. And without, not without, but that's going to be the end of the show. I appreciate you guys listening. And if there's ever anything I can do or answer or cover, I'm going to probably be doing one of these shows once a week, just a solo show and talk about some current stuff. You can send me an email to Colin at wildfoods.co. And if you haven't got on the AM5 newsletter, go over to Colin.coach and I will see you in the next one. Please always remember that the members of the Ancestral Mind podcast are not, in fact, medical professionals. They're not doctors. They're not nutritionists. They are simply providing this entertainment for you to do your own research and to entertain yourselves. So please consult a physician before changing your diet. Not everything works for everybody. And make sure you always do your own research on everything you hear on this show and outside. We just launched our Patreon, so if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Stucker. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash C-O-L-I-N-S-T-U-C-K-E-R-T. We will have exclusive updates coming. It will also give us more opportunities to invest more in the show and release more shows. Some other bonuses with the different tiers. Check it out over at patreon.com, and thank you for your support. Another way that you can support the show is you can head over to Wild Foods and use code AMPODCAST12 for 12% off your entire order of real food, superfood, supplements, and ingredients. These are products that I've been using myself in my daily life for years. I recommend checking out our fish oil and our collagen. And also make sure you check out the Cocotropic. It's one of my favorite products. Cocoa, mushrooms, delicious. Head over to wildfoods.co and use AMPODCAST12 for 12% off your entire order. I want to let you know about my newest podcast over at Escaping Fragility, a show about building a life for yourself, being safe, being secure, having a plan B, so that if this crazy world of 2020 continues or gets worse, which a lot of the numbers are suggesting it will, then you and your family will be protected. A lot of my content for my personal brand has been focused on giving people the knowledge, the expertise, the skills, and just the awareness of some of the craziness that's going on so that they can protect themselves, so that they can fight back, so that they can be civilly disobedient, so that we can stymie the ever encroaching spread of government and of corporate and political agenda. If more citizens do not stand up, fight back, speak up, there's gonna be nothing left to protect. And I don't like fear-mongering and I'm generally optimistic person, but 2020 has stressed me out. At first it didn't, but then it did. When I really saw what was going on, when I read a little bit between the lines, and even now, the craziness is continuing, and I don't see it letting up anytime soon. The masses are too easily manipulated, and so I'm more concerned what's going to happen in 2021 when the next flu season comes through and another coronavirus is weaponized, and then who knows what's going to happen. Travel restrictions, mandatory vaccines, chipped and prodded like cattle. People think it can't happen. They stick their head down, but they did in Mao's China. They did in Stalin's Russia. They did in Nazi Germany. And then it was too late. And who pays the price? It's always, always, always the citizens that are having faith and that are just hoping things get better. They're the ones that always pay the price. So the first thing we can do is protect ourselves and our family, have our plan B, have an escape option. And then 
we can help others. Head over to Colin.coach, get on the AM5 newsletter. You'll get all the shows every week. And you can also find me on YouTube and iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. Get prepared before it's too late.